All right. Hello, and welcome Hi, Precious does not want to host. Anyway, welcome. Um, in today's episode, we'll talk about a lot of things, actually. Yeah. Um, there's Manchester City's treble, and we are both United fans. So there are a lot of talking points there. There's um, the Champions League final itself. Um, of course, there is um, the takeover. Precious does not like to call it a takeover. United Yeah, so the sale of United, and we'll talk about that as well. And the transfer window, yeah, transfer window opens in two days. Transfer window opens on June 14th on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, we should start seeing things happening. Yeah, but we already know that um Alexis McAllister has joined Liverpool. Um um House MR has joined AS Roma and some other transfer news, but uh, we'll see if we can get more transfer news to you in the course of the episode. And um, talk- we know about Ugati joining PSG. Yeah. So, Ugati is from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We start from the treble, okay. of course. Okay, so the treble, what are you on the treble? <laughs> um, big up to Man City, you know. Staying alive in multiple competitions this season, right? Um, being able to do to do that. Big ups to also Guardiola, you know. He changed his system, right? And he has been able to get like a lot of success playing that system. And big ups to the players, you know, that were able to step up and play in new positions. I know what has been like a huge revelation has been um, John Stones playing in midfield. Right mm-hmm. when Man City are on the ball, so um, big congrats to the players and and all that. So I, I guess it, it was well deserved, right? Because nobody's name is written eternally on any trebles. Because if the team plays well yeah. enough, they will get rewarded, right? And some of the talking points, right, that. I've I've drawn from the conversations that I've had with you know people concerning um, City's success this this season, right? Nadella has been good in the league all this while, right? But has struggled a bit in uh, cup competitions, especially when uh, playing in in Europe because outside England. So, so one of the things that he did this season was he allowed his individual players. Right to thrive, right? Gadiola, before we know that he's like I, I mentioned, right? He's so good in the league because he plays the system very well, right? But this season, what I noticed is that he allowed players like De Bruyne, right, to just have more freedom, you know, like and and play like a, a particular brand of. You know, just play the way that they feel like all these players that have exceptional ability, you get, we're allowed to kind of like, you know, do their thing, you get. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was explaining to people that if you notice, like, the brand really is not, he doesn't have like a good engine, so he doesn't defend a lot, right? So the team kind of sets up in a way that allows him to do his thing. 
Yes, which makes me to still to still say that my CD season, their star player has been the Bruyne. Right, a lot of people would praise Haaland. I know what Haaland comes with, right? But the Bruyne has been has been a key player, especially in those Real Madrid games, right? So you you could basically see. I think the results that he got at the Bernabeu was because of the Bruyne. You get and. I think he took a lot of shots in that game, right? Normally, something that is not that's not what signifies like a pep side. You get a pep side, like it, it doesn't. But he has that freedom. This season, he was given that freedom, right? To kind of play the way he wants to play, right? And he showed, like I think in the conversations that I had with people about cup competitions, I say that the cups belong to players, right? Because players, they just you just need one goal. Right, it's just what you need. You're not playing like you're not going to have to play like let's say the same team twice. You get everything in the league twice in the cup competition, right? You just have to win the game that is in front of you, right? And nobody really cares how you do it. You get if yeah. Inter Milan with the way that game was going, scored those two goals that those two clear chances that they missed, like nobody will be talking about how Gadula's side passed the ball really well. You know how the wingers tracked back. You get all those things. <laughs> it's not going to be forgotten, right? All that matters is the winning goal, right? And those moments where somebody is able to like do something very special. So like I think I think even for Gadiola to be able to change change the way he 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 um he manages the game, right? If you remember the last time he got the trouble, that was in the Lionel Messi side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi also had the freedom you get to do whatever he you get to use his exceptional talent. You get fully not locked into a system. He had this free role, right, where he could basically drift around and play anywhere. You know, find the space. So, like, I think that that's very important for you to win cup competitions. You need to have players, right, that can be individuals you get in the moment. You get. Mm-hmm. So that is why Ronaldo has as many Champions League as he does, right? Because these are competitions that fit individuals, right? You see people like Sergio Ramos, when it's the Champions League night, you get they can be individuals. They can get that goal. They can, you know, take on that pressure you get and deliver. So in Marty's case, I think this season, that was the Bruyne. That was Haaland, right? People with elite mentality, you get. Their heads are not dropping when the game gets difficult. You get, regardless of the opposition in front of them, you get. You see them, their mentality is strong. Ruben Diaz gets very important in the defense this season for, for Man City, right? So I think that I think that that has been that ability to finally adapt, right? And yet again, like after so many years, has been it has been key to his success. So big up to my big up to congrats to them. You know, another side has a trouble in in uh, another English team has a trouble. So. <laughs> and it's it's very important to see that um, to see that you are not. I mean, because I I've come off a lot of negativity from United fans here. Um, Saying um, there could there's only ever going to be one thing that I did it first. I understand that 
we want bragging rights. But there are some things that we have to establish. First of all, um, we were never going to be the only teams going to travel in England. It's not even possible. Football is probably going to be played till the world comes to an end, till we all get out of the earth. Yeah. So there is no way that we're going to be the only team to win it. So I don't even get where the bitterness is coming from. Eventually, someone else was going to do it, and City have done it. Yeah, That's even what... even if somebody else like does not win it, right? It has to be you stopping them. You get. Yeah. You cannot just wait for when they fit. You get. We had them in the final, right? Mm-hmm. That was our chance, and once we lost that final, like we cannot. You know, this happened last season with Liverpool. You get where we were hoping that Man City will stop them. You get from getting the league. Right? And then with uh, the whole thing with uh, Madrid in the... It was Madrid in the final, right? Of the Champions League? Yeah, yeah, last season. Yeah, Madrid won the Champions League last season. Yeah, the final was played in Liverpool, right? Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. So that was that was us like hoping that somebody stops Liverpool. You get is that going to be us every year? You get leaving it to another team. If you want if you want to hold on to your legacy, right? It is up to your team. I think like a proper reaction would be holding holding the mirror up, you get and looking at why is it that my United as a team is currently far behind Manchester, you get. Manchester City, yeah. Jonathan, so, and for you to do that, you have to be honest that these guys are actually good, right? They are currently better, you get. So, if if you decide not to acknowledge that, it, it now becomes really difficult to, like, improve, you get, to, to take the necessary steps, right? Number one, I feel like, like, even the push for a change in ownership has just been very bland. You get so it's been very bland, and the fact that people, because of you know certain preferences that they might have, they are ready to like choose somebody that might not be good for the club just because they do get like somebody that currently has a track record, like of mismanaging a club. You get you're okay with having them at United because you know these United fans like due to the history that we have, there's this kind of you know. Uh, this kind of I don't know shoulder rate that we do when it comes yeah. to other clubs, you get some fans we, are, mo- we are much better than them. You get we don't care about things being done directly correctly, right? We are Manchester United. You get, it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> we can see that it, it's no longer the case. Yeah, right? these clubs do not it's care. They are going to come for all your legacy, right? Those Premier League titles that we have, the record time, they are coming for it. You get this. Even if Pep leaves City, right, the structure around him at Man City is probably going to ensure continued success, mm-hmm. right? If nobody does anything about it, so it's not like oh, if Pep leaves, right, City will stop winning titles and they will not come for the Premier League titles that we have, right? So if we keep going down this road, we are not going to stop them. So I don't know what what's your take on the whole thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just basically what you said, yeah. I mean, we obviously had a chance to stop them from winning the treble in the, champ- in, in the FA Cup finals. <clears throat> that did not happen. Um, I think we did not play that game very well. But 
that happened and then it's consistently now since Salis Ferguson retired he have not finished above Man City in the Premier League that's a very embarrassing thing to say as a United fan and then instead of United fans to accept the fact that we are less of a team than City at the moment you go ahead and say everything wrong about this team and not credit this team now to the point where even a United player Brandon Williams on his Instagram story says a lot of nonsense now this is very funny because you're very salty. And the person who has the legacy, Silas Ferguson, sent Pep Guardiola a message before the game. A heartwarming message, by the way. We don't know the contents of that message. But yeah, Pep said it himself that um, Alex Ferguson sent him a message and he was honored by the message. You get. So there's no yeah. need for back and forth. And then people cry that City have spent a lot of money. But statistically, yeah, since Pep took over City, we have spent money, more money than City. Or roughly the same amount of money as City. And where are we? We have Fred and McTominay still on. We spent more, not roughly the same. We spent more. We spent mean, the most in England. You go on and buy Harry Maguire for 80 million. City boss rebrand, asked for 44. I, I think 54. It's crazy. And why the tears are not necessary? Like, why are you crying? Are you going to cry? Because now, this, this is very funny. I think Pep, Pep is 52 years old. And it, if he's into his 70s, that means you cry for 20 years and pass the tears down to your children. Yes, no. It's, I mean, so, it's not, I mean, I, and I know United fans will listen to this. It's, it's not necessary. Yeah. I mean, we have the chance to stop them, you know. We had the chance to stop them in the FA Cup finals. We did not do that. Yeah. So they won that. And it's not in your hands, you know, anymore. Anything happens. City are a superior team to Inter. Quite honest. Yeah, I, I even I personally think that Inter gave a good account of themselves in that game. Yeah, definitely. They it's, played I, they played I, how they how they came to play and they made City really uncomfortable. I right? think I, I know that I said it I said it like in the podcast that we had like prior to that, you know, UCL final. I think it was two weeks before, right? And I, I was like I was saying that I, I've been saying it like in my conversations with. You know, my brother and others that are into football, I was like, if you're going into that final thinking that Inter Milan are going to be a walkover, then you've not been watching Inter, right? Mm -hmm. I watched their games against Barcelona, their games against Bayern. The way they play, like, the way they want to play, right? They are really good at it and well-drilled, right? In the way they want to play, the spaces they want to occupy, where they want to stop you from playing. Right, and they they are they are quite good on the counter. I don't know if you've noticed, right? Like because I mean, I I feel like it's. I mean, I I feel Inter should have won that game. I think um I have not yeah, checked. They should. It was just. I think they were yeah, quite I think, unlucky. I think Inter generated more XG than City significantly more. Lukaku missed. Um, what was that? Sitters. Yeah, two sitters. The Marco missed. A chance with an XG of 0.64. You know, all of those things, even when Lautaro was a chance to square the ball to Lukaku and he did not. Yes, and, and he tried to shoot him, shoot him from that angle. Like, yeah. Loki, I know that it was difficult, it would have been difficult to sub him, right? Because he's the captain and all that. But I think, I did, I think he had a bad game, he had a terrible game. Definitely had a I bad game. Preferred, I would have preferred to see Korea, right, Joaquin Korea in that. 
in that like in those final minutes, right? Fresh energy, you know, Latro Martinez has been defending Jonathan, like mm-hmm. you know, just have a fresh leg in there to to cause some problem. Right. So I, I don't think he had I don't think he had a good game. He tried to he tried to, you know, defend, you know, when playing with Zeko, you have to you have to do a lot of running. Fresh. So um, now let's move on to the transfer window and transfers that have happened. Um, so and maybe just a few updates here. So the transfer window was in two days. Yeah, we said this before. Um, usually, what we, we do in every transfer window, every major transfer window, I I don't think we do it for general transfer windows because of how short the transfer window is. Yeah, so we just hope that you use the data we've gotten from our summer episode for the general transfer window. But we will do it as well for this window. Our next episode should be an episode where we talk about journalists who you can go into the transfer window trusting and those we trust to um, talk. But just so, just before we move on to other things, um, let's talk about some transfers that have been completed even before the window um, has been opened or during the wheel open um, on Wednesday. Um, Marco Asensio and Manuel Ugate have gone to PSG. Lionel Messi. We will not play in Europe next season. Lionel Messi will play for Inter Miami next season. <laughs> anyway, there's that Karim Benzema and Ungol Kant are players of Al Itihad in Saudi Arabia. Um, what else has happened? Um, we said earlier that Hasem R will play for AS Roma next season as well. And what other transfers are there to talk about? Um, I think Barcelona signed the player today. The Problem is, <laughs> I don't. I think he's an eighteen-year-old, seventeen to nineteen, between those age yeah. ranges. Super, yeah. So there's that. With time, what transfers and journalists that you can trust? Um, United have very strong interest in missing mounts. <laughs> now this is funny. I don't, I don't. I want us to talk about this here. So Chelsea wants eighty million for missing mounts. Eighty million euros, by the way, not pounds. Now, this is one. Chelsea was 70 million pounds for Kai Havertz. And don't these guys have any self-awareness? Yeah. <laughs> See, the same, the, the same naivety that the club is run with, right? How in the world, like, if if you get 70 million for Kai Havertz, like, you must be a magician of some sort. Right, you'd have to, to get to get seventy million for Kai Havertz, having a terrible season. Right, has not really like kicked off. You get since he came to to Chelsea. Since he came to Chelsea, yeah. So it's crazy. You know, and so, um, Real Madrid have basically told Chelsea, look, there is no way in hell we are paying this money for Kai Havertz, and that is that simple. And that, that's that's what I expect United to do for missing mounts, basically, yeah. Because this player has one year left on his contract. He wants to leave the club. And you're still being held hostage by the selling club. First of all, Messi Mount is not worth 50 million. That's even so. There is an overvaluation of 30 million for the player. And he has one year left on his contract. Yeah. Anyway, I, bought, I, I do think, however, though, that United should drop missing mounts and move on to other targets. Now, if Chelsea are serious, they will come back begging to us. It's that simple. He's not going to stay. If, yeah. if he stays one more I think, I think he's not... 
He's not an exclusive type player. You get where you say there, there can't be alternatives. Yeah. Right. He's not. Yeah, he's not so going to. If you if 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 you don't sell him this summer, you lose him for free next summer. So I think Chelsea will eventually sell Mr. Mount, and that's why I mean it's going to be a saga. I don't know why Ten Hag is sold on Mount. I'm not, but yeah, it's what Ten Hag wants, and it's going to be a saga because there is no way we're going to pay that money. What I think we should do is walk away in the moment, and Chelsea will come back and accept our fifty million. But yeah. There's that. Um, I think we should move on. Oh, they lose him for free. Very yeah, important. It's that, that it's that simple. If you don't sell him this summer, you lose him for free. The only club that has shown interest, well, I mean, clubs have shown interest, but he obviously wants to go to United. And even the other clubs that have shown interest, I think Liverpool have shown interest. They will now Liverpool signed McAllister for 35 million. <laughs> There's no way they're signing for 80 million. They probably don't yeah, even have money. Yeah, had a release clause, though. He had a, yeah, he had he, a release clause. Fair enough. Yeah, but it's just, they are very shrewd with the way they do business here. I mean, really, they are really shrewd. Um, signings that they have made. In. So, there's no way to pay 80 million. There, I, I don't think there's a club, except maybe they have a lot of money lying around somewhere. But I don't think there's a club that pays 80 million for missing amounts. But, yeah, I think we should move on to Manchester United. Um, Sale, precious calls it a sale. Precious calls it a sale. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, now we'll tell you what. Of course, we have no idea what's happening at United, but um, based on what journalists have said, journalists um that we that I trust at least. I think I trust Mike Keegan. I trust, of course, David Einstein. Um, there is who else is there? There's Fabrizio Romano, but he's not really involved in takeovers yeah he just gets the news when it's done um who else is there um there's um cave and i i i don't want to call his sonny because i don't want to mother his sonny but yeah um he it's sky sports cave he's the chief reporter for sky sports football so yeah there's that now what we have heard is that um the qatari guy jasim altani has offered a lot of money actually, six point two billion pounds for the club. Now, in this six point two billion pounds, four point five is for hundred percent of the club. One billion is pledged investments, and seven hundred million is to sell to the debt of the club. Now, that's on the one side. On the other side, there is Sajim Ratcliffe who has said that the debt of the club will be cleared and placed on his company, Ineos. Um, I we do not know how much he has offered for the club, but he is definitely not getting hundred percent of the club, at least not until three years from now, where he will buy out everybody else. And now this is really funny because um, Jim Ratcliffe is also the owner of OGC Nice, and yeah, they are very poorly run club. Every other day, and it's like. It's very so precious. What are your thoughts first of all on this? Who do you want to be the new owner of Manchester United? Also, just worth noting that United are, are currently a public liability company. Yeah, I mean it's listed as Manchester United PLC. United are on the New York Stock Exchange, public company. Now, if um, Jasim Altani's been United's not becoming PLC. And they'll be a private club owned by one person. 
just like Manchester City. That's what most in before you share your thoughts. Yeah. Um I feel Qatari. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Qatari. I feel from there because I feel like United need like a lot of investment, you know. And that is money that I know that either Jim Radcliffe is not is not able to invest that kind of money into the club, right? Mm-hmm. And naturally, I feel like I feel like he his his whole move with this takeover has been quite shady, right? I'm not comfortable with the fact that he went he's he's coming for the club now with the with the um. From the perspective that he's been a Manchester United fan, but he tried to I mean, buy Chelsea. This guy almost like, bought Chelsea. Uh-huh. He, has, he tried to buy he Chelsea. He has a season ticket at Stamford Bridge, and he's a United yeah. fan. So to me, that is that's BS, right? That's BS. And when when we we heard he was buying the club, like we initially thought he was buying all of the club. Then it came out that he's just buying, you know, say seventy percent. Now I'm hearing that it's one percent. That is fifty-one percent yeah. that he's trying to buy. So, yeah, the, so I, I think the Glazers own the Glazers own sixty-nine percent of the club, and he still wants to keep some parts of them at the club. Yeah, I think for at three more years. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite it's quite crazy. Like that that was not what anybody had in mind, right? When this whole process started. Right. So, but that's currently what what he's offering, right? And then also the the, the kind of arrest that that is going on, like at, at Nice, right? It it really tells you that probably this this guy is not the right man. That since he came to Nice, there should have been major restructuring, right? But you see people like the captain Dante coming out to make some statements and generally if you see like the the club's position right now i think they were really close you know in in their league before he came in and he he he's also selling players you know he's not he's not been the kind of guy that that comes in and like and carries out his promises because he came in promising to challenge PSG right and mm-hmm. That has not been the case, so I don't think. I think my United, with with all our our current woes, right, is attractive financially, and I think that's his only motivation. And that's not what we need right now. We need somebody that is willing to win, right, to compete, right. Somebody that is that has an interest in things getting done the right way, right, and. I believe that it's going to be if if we had like you know another another hat in the ring, somebody else willing to make an offer for United, probably. But I definitely not Radcliffe. Like I no no not Sajid. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him. If there was a third person, you know, somebody that at least has like you know, even if you don't have a lot of money, but you have a track record of. Uh, yeah. You know, like having things in order, you get you you're a good you you your money you're currently running a football club. You get in in a very good way, 
by then I'll be like, okay, probably with the revenue that comes in at Manchester United, you could build something sustainable. Right. So but right now even the stadium, you know, like there are so many complaints like from match going fans to get how and then we saw this piece like by Ronaldo about how the training facilities are you get and how they they're not like how you would expect to get at the top club. At the top club yeah. mm-hmm. So all these things like these things require heavy investment. You get so I believe like I believe that he like I don't think that this is the man for all that because I don't think that is part of his vision. He'll probably yeah. try to put a band-aid yeah. on some kind of things, bring out some money for transfers in the first season, and that would be it. So now I'm just going to yeah, well. I'm just going to um, come in here. So there was there was a video I think last summer. And how is the transfer window season? And there was a video around the transfer window. Of United's current CEO, I think Richard Arnold, yeah, his name is Richard Arnold. Um, talking to a couple of fans, and he was basically saying that um, United fans protesting, um, the protests are affecting sponsors, and sponsors do not want to come into the club because of the protests. Um, it will be bad publicity for them, which is really nice. Now he said that the club is looking for investments, and um, basically they know that although I believe that the Blazers are very great liars but yeah basically saying that um the glazers want to invest in the club in the training facilities and they want to not <laughs> they want to repair the stadium the stadium has leaky roofs and people have complained that the toilets in the stadium are not very great yeah so they want to do all of that and uh, something i think we should be talking about is that female team yeah because i follow i follow the female team and it's the the difference in quality and, and it's not like now let's let's even put this into perspective. It's not like um it's not like the male team has a lot of quality in their training facilities and all. So you just know how bad the female team has it, yeah. When whatever they have does not measure up to what the male team has. And the male team is not even what the standard should be. Yeah. So I think United need heavy investments. I, I think um the fact that the Glazers were looking for investment before the i mean the the statements were basically they talked about the sale the statements said that um, statements said that um they are looking for investment and will explore all options including a sale so i don't know if that's going to be anything but i like the fact that um jasim Awatani has talked about investing into the club to the men and women's team and that's something united need to compete with the rest. I mean, even some big players would not want to come to your club. For example, I've seen I've seen the facilities at Bayern, you know, Bayern are Real Madrid. <laughs> Real Madrid is, is an entirely different level from the rest of the world, you know. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of technology and even without the prestige of the club, imagine a player coming in and then you tell him, okay, this is United, this is Real Madrid. You get to be trained by Staff. Um, but now this is not calling any medical staff bad, but you get to be trained by what class medical staff are both teams here. But I imagine there's technology. There's much more than a United. What would you choose apart from the prestige? Especially Real Madrid. So I now I don't think United are not at a place. For example, you compare us to man, even Tottenham have better facilities than we do in the Premier League, you know. And yeah. you yeah, and so you, you're comparing us to these teams, and it translates to what happens on the field of play.
I don't know once. Anyway, so there's that. Um, what else is there to talk about? I think we are now with key talking points. Yeah, I think I think it's it's very important because it, it's going to determine. How the next twenty years is going to be for you? Mm. Because I, you know, I think, and I, and I, and I really honestly think this year that if Jim Ratcliffe gets the club in two years' time, we'll be, we'll be holding green and gold mufflers and saying Sir Jim out. I'm almost very sure of it. Yeah, definitely. When Messi has another treble. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we'll start crying oil money. Yes. And 115 yes. charges. Yes. So, what about this? This the conversation with. Uh, it, it's looking. It's looking like I'm hearing. I'm hearing more about being with some bad messages. Yeah. As they talk about Greenwood, yeah, there's been talk that um, United will let me see Greenwood go to another country entirely for next season so he can recuperate. Because the truth is, Greenwood is very far from being fit. And I think even if he has a full preseason, he will, he will still not be at the same fitness level with the rest of the players. So there's talk of Greenwood going out to play outside of England entirely, getting fitness for one full season somewhere else. And the thing is, I don't know if he will come back. I really don't know if United would even yeah, want if, him to come if he goes, If he goes outside England, he's probably not coming back. Yeah, so... I think it's just something to soften the blow that Greenwood is not coming back to Manchester United. I, I really think he will not come back to Manchester United, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think he's going to come back, but, but let's see. Let's see. Like the conversation, like people I don't think that I don't think people are like as negative about it as they, they were before. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's becoming it's becoming more acceptable right now that he could you know, play for United again. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. All right. I don't think that's happening though. Um. So yeah, I think we had and we had Fantasy Premier League. Um. We, I I don't know the winner of that league yet, but I'll check it out. And there was supposed to be a giveaway, but there were conditions for that giveaway. And sadly, I don't think the winner of the FPL met those conditions. But yeah, we'll review all of that stuff and um, we'll make a decision on that. So yeah, that's our episode. Um, remember the episode next week we'll talk about transfer window, which will open on Wednesday. By the way, we'll talk about journalists that we trust and journalists that you can trust. And um, throughout the transfer window, the podcast does not go on a break during the off season. So there's let's talk about it. there's international football. Meh. There is the transfer window itself. So yeah, thank you for listening and have a nice week ahead. Thank you guys. Wonderful.